0: Folks, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I am your unbelievably handsome host, Peter Timothy Hanks, and today is January 26th, 2020, which means I am on day 43 of 365 straight episodes that brings you news, sports, music, movies, entertainment, and everything except politics. Now, folks, I've never been a Lakers fan. Everyone knows that. I despise the Lakers, but I respect some of their former players And I even admire some of them. And I gotta say, a tragedy has occurred. Kobe Bryant has died in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, Calabasas, in his private helicopter with four other people on board, all of which whom are also dead. This is breaking news, folks. I'm not joking about this. Kobe Bryant, the star, the Hall of Famer, the best, potentially the best LA Laker player of all time is dead. I think we all need to take a moment out of sheer respect for by far the most well-known and unimaginably great basketball player since Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I am so sorry about what happened. Your family has taken the Worst loss they could possibly imagine. Thank God your children and your wife were not on board, but I am seriously deeply saddened about this, folks. This is a tragedy across the board. All sports, anyone who likes sports in any way, is right now in complete shock about the news of the passing of the great Kobe Bryant. Now folks, let's talk about lingerers. I know you know what I'm talking about. Lingerers are the folks that say goodbye a thousand times while standing at the doorway and they just won't leave. They tell you, hey, it's time to go, get the kids, get the stuff, and so you do it in a rush, you head out, you're waiting in the car, and where is the lingerer? They're standing there, talking, saying goodbye a thousand times, I am not one of these lingerers. Now when I say goodbye, I'm out the door. If I forgot something, I will come back another time or the next time I see you, I'll get it or you can ship it to me for all I care. But if I say goodbye, that's it, I'm out. I'm not gonna hang around and, and wait and especially if you tell me it's time to go and I get the stuff ready and I put the kids in the car and then I'm looking around 10 minutes, 15 minutes, where are you? You're still there saying your goodbyes. You forgot some, so you went back in and you started up another conversation. Lingerers are the worst. Just say goodbye once, cut it there, and head out. If you must, you can begin to FaceTime the person that you didn't say enough to while you're leaving. That's the glory of having cell phones these days. You don't need to linger. Now, the U.S. has issued a travel warning at all costs on account of the coronavirus in Wuhan, China. Now, you know what, folks? I mean, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Now, I'm going to have to refund my all-expenses-paid trip that I had planned for so many months to Wuhan, China. I mean, we all can't wait to go there. Now, now we're not supposed to show up. I mean, you know what? Who knows what the hell Wuhan, China is? None of us have ever heard of this place. We're not planning to travel there. There's three major cities we can name off from China. Beijing, Shanghai, and Hong Kong. Nobody knows what Wuhan is. The first time any of us have ever heard of its existence is right now because of the travel ban, because of the coronavirus. So I'm I'm pretty sure that's, that's not even news. Nobody cares. No one was on their way to Wuhan. I'm probably saying it incorrectly because we all just found out of its existence on account of this pandemic. And you know what? I'm not surprised. There seems to always be something that leads people in some part of China to be wearing those masks so they don't spread whatever new disease happens. You know, it's it's crazy. I don't know how in the filthy, just life of shit... That sometimes occurs, especially in, like, the dirty South and some parts of the Midwest and here right by the border of Mexico. There's some filthy exchanging of germs going on, and yet there's no coronavirus here yet. So you know what? No travel warning to San Diego. Hope to see y'all here soon. I gotta bring up this weird scenario happening... Right now, at a university where a student injured himself, falling off of the top bunk in his dormitory. Yes. So now, they're addressing bunk safety at universities. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Bunk safety. What they should be addressing, though, is idiocracy levels. You have to be a complete idiot if you need to have the university address bunk safety because your dumbass is a klutz and fell off your bed. You know what? That's that's a personal issue, buddy. You fell off a bed. Call me insensitive. I'm sorry. I'm sure he got hurt or, you know, the injury is going to plague him for the rest of his life. It'll also plague him because now he knows he hurt himself in college falling off of a bed. That's embarrassing enough. If that was me... There's no chance I would tell a single person about it. Even if I was like, I had permanent damage in my shoulder or neck, I would just keep it to myself because Jesus, that is embarrassing, bro. You fell off of a bed. What are you, seven? I had one of those glorious nights last night where I woke up Just a couple hours after I'd fallen asleep, and on account of the dramatic change in temperature from a 75 degree sunny day to like an under 50 degree cold and dark night, I ended up with a barometric pressure migraine thing that just was pounding. So what did I have to do? Of course, I had to pop an Excedrin and try and fall back asleep. But the problem with Excedrin, especially Excedrin migraine, which to me is the only thing that works for headaches, is it's jam-packed with caffeine, which means you're not sleeping. And if you do, then you're going to wake up with that shaky, empty body, just weak, weird feeling, which I have right now. And it's, it's terrible. It's not fun. So it's kind of a catch-22. Do I want to attempt to fall back asleep with this pounding headache, which will not happen because you'll just be laying there in pain? Or do I want to eat an Excedrin and wake up feeling like a decrepit old man who had just worked out for the first time the day before in like 20 years? Because that's how I feel. I'm I'm like hardly holding my phone right now. I think I've already dropped it three times. Thank God for the massive case it's in because we all know our phones would be destroyed within a week if we didn't buy these bulky $40 cases for them. Trying to sell my couch right now at a yard sale. I got some new ones, leather, electric, you know, they adjust to lean back for you. They're like lazy boys, but a whole couch worth of a lazy boy. It's it's great. But the ones that I'm trying to sell are actually in great shape. They're one of those, you know, dual couches where one's kind of like a, a extended love seat thing and the other one's like a full on stretched out couch. And, you know, they have removable cushions that you can even take the covers off of if you need to wash them. And, you know, the fact is they're barely worn at all except the upholstery on them has flaked off almost entirely, changing the outside color of the actual thing to a lighter brown. Yes. So now these couches, they were once dark brown, and now 80% of them is light brown, which was the color of the upholstery underneath the fake, weird, plasticky leather thing that was on the top of it that was put there, undoubtedly, by Ashley Furniture. Yeah, that's right. Congratulations, Ashley Furniture. You got me. You screwed me. The couches are flaked off. I mean, they basically molted like a bird, and chunks of them on your floor to the point where now I don't know how I'm going to get rid of them even for free. Because whoever gets these off of me is going to have to either reupholster them or put one of those giant couch wraps around them, you know, or or covers, whatever they are, where they squeeze into the crevices and all that. And that kind of defeats the purpose of the removable couch cushions. Other than that, it is super comfortable. If you're in the market for a free couch, come to my house right now. Now at this point, folks, my generation has realized that we got screwed, especially regarding the housing market. Especially, especially Southern Californians like me, who will absolutely never have the 10% down payment that is required for purchasing a house here, which are $700,000 houses. I mean, these houses are like a shit box for $700,000. So you want me to come up with 70 grand as a down payment for a little shit box, while I'm meeting people left and right who are in their 60s who purchased houses long ago or who have been making payments on their houses for over a decade, and I just met a guy whose mortgage for his mansion compared to my home is $600 a month, and I pay 2400 a month to rent a shitbox the size of his garage. This is how we got screwed, folks. It's, it's just not fair. The timing was not right for us. Kids and pressing buttons. I just, I don't get it. You know, maybe I just forgot what it was like to be a kid. I probably loved pressing buttons, but you get these new recliner chairs and your kids want to press the button back and forth until they wear it out and probably destroy it. And they don't even care if it's laid back or up front or they don't really want to know why it's there. They just want to press the button. You know, instead of these... Little fidget spinners and other crap, why don't we just give kids a big box that has buttons on? It, you know they can press one button and press another. you know, oh wait, it's called a tablet that's right, it already exists, but I'm not going to give it to my kid because it cost hundreds of dollars to replace when they smash the screen now I'm a meat smoker, folks, you know I smoke meat, and when I tell people that the first thing they want to know. Is what would I use to smoke my meat? You know, it's always the same question. Oh yeah, you're a smoker. Uh, you know what? What wood do you use? I'm not gonna tell you. That's why I have a renowned business that sells smoked meats that taste different than anyone else. That's why I'm unique. The most unique part of a meat smoker, since a lot of the times we do it the same exact way, is the choice of wood you use. And I will say that the choice of wood I use is not hickory and it is not oak and it is not something heavy like that that leaves a dark black just carbon monoxidey flavor on the meat. I don't like that myself. You know, I like nut woods, you know, it's even avocado wood, but I'm not going to tell you the wood I use. Get your own wood. <laughs> And folks, I said a second ago I was having a yard sale today. I'm still in the midst of that yard sale as I'm recording this podcast. But you know what's funny to me about some yard sale goers? You know, there's always different types of yard sale goers. There's folks that walk directly up. They know what they're looking for. They snag it, ask a price. Boom, the sale's done. But then there's the, I need to touch everything and buy nothing, people. You know what I mean? They just... They grab an item, they look at it, one direction, another, put it down. And grab another item, look at it, one direction, another, and you're asking them, oh, would you like it for this, or or what price, are... and before you can even say anything, they've set it down and moved to the next item. And, you know, where I live, obviously, there's some s- slight communication difference between me and some of my customers as I'm right by the border. So a lot of times I'll be asking them, how much they would pay for it or do they like it or would they take it for a buck and they just ignore the absolute crap out of me as they do not speak English but sometimes you can't tell you'll see somebody walk up you know they'll be ignoring you and you're like oh you know I'm I'm sure they just speak Spanish they just hopped across the border they even have Baja Cali plates and then when you say a few things sounding like a moron like would you accept one dollar thinking that they are trying difficult, you know, trying really hard to understand you, they turn around and say, oh, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good. I already got three of these." And then you're like shocked. Well, I, I sorry, I didn't know you spoke such perfect English. You actually speak better than I do. Would you like to be on my podcast with me? You know, this is the scenario I've run into today. I've, I've sold nothing and I've had a lot of lookers, a lot of touchers, you know, and, and what's crazy is this day and age, you post everything you have at your yard sale on a website that the neighborhood shares, you know? So they all know what you have here. So if you're coming all this way to take a closer look, then you must have had something in mind that you wanted to buy. Because otherwise, you might be randomly one of the few passerbys who just saw the sign that says yard sale. But you don't even need to put out signs anymore, you know? Just go on the Facebook group of your community, tell everyone what you got... And if they want it, they'll go out there. I mean, that's where you look nowadays anyways for good deals on stuff. So in the end, you know, when you got a guy, he's grabbing every item, he's twisting it around this way and that way. He ain't gonna buy nothing. You're not even sure why he's touching the item. He's grabbing a mug. You can tell what the mug looks like. It's circular on all round, on all edges. It's the same shape. It's a mug. That's what it is. Either buy it or don't. folks, I'm down to win an award. I mean, I like awards. I like being recognized for things. But this guy in Florida just won the award for the annual python collection that they do. Yes, this thing is a contest to see who can get the most pythons off of the streets of Florida. I cannot count with my hands and feet on my toes and fingers how many ways... And reasons I never want to go to Florida. WTF. Florida. W. T. F. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbitt podcast that we all love so dearly. And that is Real Stories brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst and Barbecues. And that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, folks, I'm going to talk about a strange and unusual coincidence. Coincidences... They occur all the time, every day, random coincidences, right? But sometimes they're they're really strange and unusual, and, and you almost can't believe they actually occur. Well, this was one of those times. Now, when I was about 13, maybe just late 12 years old, I'd just gotten over Hodgkin's disease, lymphoma, cancer. Yes, I had a year's worth of chemotherapy and three months of radiation therapy to make sure it was all gone, and I am in what is now called, what is called remission, which means uh, it could come back at any time, but so far, I'm age 33, it has not come back, all thanks to Emanuel Legacy Hospital. And of course they have these programs for people who come from fairly poor families, such as mine, uh, where, you know, if they don't have enough money to enjoy life before they're going to die, then they can do the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, you know, there's these things that are they're usually held for people that have a terminal illness. I did not. Uh, but you know what? My family decided to sign me up to one called Twilight, which is just kind of a, a company that helps people enjoy life while they endure their illness that they will still live from. So, you know, it's not like Make a Wish. Make a Wish is normally, hey, we understand you're probably going to pass away. You have a terminal illness that's so sad usually leukemia, things of that nature, Uh, I was not going to pass away. But I was from a poor family. We hadn't enjoyed life for a while, especially as they watched me become extremely sick off of Hodgkin's disease, lymphoma. So to accommodate us in a very kind and just generous fashion, they decided to pay for my entire family and I to travel all the way down to California at the time. We all lived in Oregon. All the way down to California to enjoy Universal Studios and Knott's Berry Farm and, of course, the number one, Disneyland. Now, I had never been to Disneyland at that point in my life, folks. We were not in a financial a state where we could have ever paid for all six children and my two parents to go to Disneyland. That just seemed like an impossible task. But this wonderful organization paid for the flight, even gave us some extra time to go to my grandparents' uh, reunion, and it was just awesome. It was a family reunion. You know, we, everybody was there. But uh, the, the crazy coincidence that occurred actually happened while I was in Disneyland. Now, when you're 12 to 13 years old, you know a handful of people, maybe. I mean, the people you can actually recognize are the kids you go to school with. I knew, uh, you know, a little bit more people than most kids my age. I had met some kids while they received treatment in the same facility as me. I had met all the kids at my school. They all knew me as the kid who had cancer. But there was one kid in particular that I knew from my junior high school, because he had a certain tone to his voice. In fact, all of his family members had this same tone. They were the guys that talked like this. What's up? I got some herb we can smoke, you know what I'm saying, And don't get me wrong, I smoked weed even at that young age as well. But I did not talk like that, nor have I ever spoken like that. It is not the fact that they smoked weed that made them speak this way. It is the fact that they thought they were G's or something, and they were gangsters. And the gentleman's name, I'll call him Bob. Because, you know, that's similar to his actual name. So for those of you who might know who I'm talking about, you know I'm talking about Bob. So Bob and his family all spoke like that. Like, what up, fool." they love to say, what up, fool. To anybody they knew, but they left out the L and it sounded more like, What up, foe? And you know what? They just cut off the last letter of many words they would speak and they had that crazy tone. And I had no idea why, but I thought it was comical and I would always remember these guys because of that. So one day, I'm at Disneyland, age 12, in line, waiting for Splash Mountain. And I'm looking around, everybody's happy. You know, the line's really long. I know I'm going to be waiting at least an hour. And I just kind of notice somebody who kind of looks familiar to me right in front of me in line. And before I realize it, he turns around and I hear this. What up, And sure enough, it was Bob all the way from our small town, a suburb of Portland that doesn't even have that many residents who live there all the way from my small school that hardly has any students that go there, in the middle of Disneyland, at the exact same time as me, in the same line, for the same ride, on the same day, on the same hour, waiting to go to Splash Mountain. I mean, to me, this was as crazy of a coincidence as there possibly could be. But he wasn't even in a slight state of shock. He absolutely just said... What up, foo? Like it was a normal thing. And I'm thinking, what do you mean, what up, foo? Why are you here right now? I just don't get it. How is this possible that you're in front of me in line at Disneyland right now? I only know a handful of people, and here's one of them in front of me at Disneyland in line waiting for the Splash Mountain ride. I mean, this is truly a just crazy coincidence and proves that you never know... What kind of crazy and absurd coincidences can occur at any age of your life? That, folks, is Real Stories brought to you by Peter Timothy Hanks. And I must give one last shout-out to the greatest basketball player of all time who died today in a tragic helicopter accident. Rest in peace, Mr. Kobe Bryant, number 24. We are all very sad to lose such a beautiful person. Folks, my closing song today will be a personal tribute to Kobe Bryant. Here is the final game. R.I.P. Kobe, R.I.P.